You can have one big thing. One. Hello, and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 177 for the week of January 9th, 2023. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. In this episode, we'll be talking about all the table setting for selection season 2023. How is there so much stuff going on, and yet it feels like no progress has been made. Yes, I am. <laughs> with all the table setting, I am sitting at the table as the rudest dinner party guest with a fork in one hand and my knife in the other, banging my silver on the table because I am hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should savor this quiet weekend because it's not going to be quiet for a while. I should be appreciating this as like the calm before the storm, especially with February 11th looming closer and closer. But like, can one of you have a semifinal now? I don't need the national final right now. A semifinal would, would sate me. A qualifying heat. Right. Or auditions in front of judges or something. Something. <laughs> something. Yeah, an amuse-bouche of some sort of performance. So <laughs> Yes. Amongst the many nations talking about their qualifying pools, Latvia has announced the details for Supernova and dropped the tracks. Yay! Yay! Nothing seems immediately as memeable as the, the first line of eat your salad was last year so i'm gonna continue going in blind so that's gonna be a tough act to follow i think that's the sort of thing where you should not try to reproduce that you should try to find something new and different and sidestep it so we started with 15 potential entries and one has already been disqualified yeah i'm kind of impressed because this is not the only national final that has already had to rejigger their lineup a couple of times but yeah saul and finally happy apparently was released in 2021 who knew apparently the latvian broadcaster didn't amongst the names of note that are still in the running Eusts, who was the last latvian act to go to the grand final in 2016 is back and marcus riva is trying to represent latvia for the ninth time i'm genuinely surprised that latvia has not internaled marcus riva at this point he wants to go he wants to do this instead of supernova one year do a riva for riga with three songs we can vote on the song we can send him and he gets to live his eurovision dream everybody is happy if latvia wins at some point it would be a good internal selection host and tree we don't have to try as hard i don't know yeah <laughs> so, but yeah i like riva for riga that, that yes is good or yes. Uh, if we could somehow get the the riva beva or something yeah the, yeah <laughs> yes yes the riva beva very br- boston pronunciation too yeah <laughs> the riva beva in terms of processes that will be getting started this week, Estonia has its semifinals on Thursday and Saturday. There are a few familiar names from recent Eastie Lal competitions. Sissy is back, Inger, Elissa, Weiralt. It's a simplified process compared to last year, which I appreciate. It's the two semifinals and the final, which will be happening. Oh, I think that's one of the ones that's on yes. February 11th. The specter that haunts our dreams. But yeah, we do have a calendar on our website that's keeping track of all of this stuff with links to where you can watch these shows. You can find that at eurowhat.com slash 2023. What I like about Estonia is because of the time zone differences, and they seem to start this show particularly early. It's on at 11.30 in the morning, Chicago time, which I really appreciate. <laughs> More things need to start a little earlier in the day, February 11th. <laughs> yeah, but not everything's starting earlier in the day, 
because then we're shifting the problem earlier. It's like, why do I have to wake up so early? Yes. No, no, no. Things still need to be staggered. Mm -hmm. The other major process starting this week that feels very aptly named, Malta's process is messy. (laughs) M-E-S-C. Oh, I've been calling it Malta Festivalen, but I like your idea better. (laughs) I have been looking at at its acronym and going, yes, messy. Mm -hmm. Because there there are 40 entries in this process. They're going to be presented over four heats. That would be fine if we were cutting it down to two from each of those, or maybe even three and a wild card from each of those. But no, six out of the 10 acts in each heat will advance. And then there will be a semifinal to cut that field from 24 to 16. (sighs) On the one hand, maybe they're trying not to hurt anybody's feelings, since it is a small pool of singers to choose from in Malta. Otherwise, they're going to have to start bringing people in because it is a rather small country. But at the same time, the notion of a semifinal is that we're going to knock things down by half, not a third. Having the semifinal be twice as big as any of the heat, more than twice as big as any of the heats, and then the final still being one and a half. Yeah, the math does not math. Maybe if these performances are over-the-top fantastic, it'll be great. But we're going to end up seeing 16 of these songs at least three times on stage. Yes. And we have multiple mononymous singers, sometimes with the same mononym. So one of you needs to be Stefan A and one of you needs to be Stefan C or whatever. There needs to be delineation. At the same time, I am interested to see Malta take on this long form process. And even with their shorter form processes where there has been a semifinal of 80 songs getting cut down to 79 or whatever it was, <laughs> that's an exaggeration. <laughs> but yeah, there, there are some real... Gems isn't quite the right word, but I don't know. I, I think of Brooks Heart of Gold. Oh, yeah, yeah no, I had that on playlist <laughs> it, it, for it's still years. In my main, it's still in my main <laughs> playlist. <so. laughs> and I believe she's in the field this year, assuming it is the same Brook. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm looking forward to that. And if anything, these preliminary heats are on Fridays, so it's going to be getting out of the traffic jam for at least a qualifying portion of it. And then it's going to be part of that February 11th set. So why? Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, part of, part of the maelstrom, we're just like, okay, cool. You guys pick one of your 16 entries and we'll check in. I'm being kind of mean about their process, but it's because Malta has sent some genuinely good stuff over the years. I'm rooting for them. I would like them to win. Happening on Saturday, Belgium will be holding their Eurosong competition. They have seven artists competing. They each have two songs up for consideration at this point. This week, the contestants are performing the songs for each other and talking about which one should be the entry they compete with on Saturday. By the time this episode drops, the first episode of this sort of mini-series would have aired on Monday. The field of 14 will get cut down to seven, and then we will see the seven actually competing on Saturday. That feels like a fun way to make this a whole week-long event. <laughs> and also the watches too many Belgian game shows part in the back of my brain is just like, and what they don't know is that one of the artists is secretly the mole and is going to keep everybody from contributing to the pot. One of the songs has actually been released back in 1987. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And if they don't identify it, I don't I don't know what happens at that point. They don't, they yeah. don't get the, yeah. They yeah, lose ten thousand dollars from the pot. I don't know. Sure. I think we've got a pilot here. We just gotta work out a couple of the kinks. Yes. Mike, we chatted last week about some of the changes that Norway was making this year, and I have bad news. There are gonna be fewer dolphins than last year. Dolphins? 
On Monday, they announced the structure and who's going to be in each of the semifinals. And that's how I learned by throwing the article, which is entirely Norwegian, into Google Translate that the word for semifinal also can be spelled the same way as the Norwegian word for dolphin. Oh, huh. <laughs> One of those poll quotes is just, in addition to fewer dolphins, the last chance is also scrapped in this year's MGP. And I'm like, I don't recall that many dolphins last year. Yeah, I'm trying to think, were there any dolphins in any of the shows from any of the countries last year? None are jumping to mind. Mind? Nobody is into the whole Sega Echo Echo Jams sort of deal. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next year. Think on it, Norway. What if next year, more dolphins? The other big announcement this year, before I dive into Dolphin Final 1, is they're allowing autotune. I don't love that. I kind of want to see how it plays out before coming up with an opinion about it. If somebody uses it in like a T-Pain slash shares believe sort of a way, I'm fully on board. Oh, that's interesting because that would be the way that I would kind of be against it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like I had to look up if live auto-tune was actually a thing. It's something that can happen in the moment to do sort of pitch and note correction. And yeah, I don't know. I like the idea that Norway is trying to push this forward and possibly be a test case for the EBU to look at. The challenge is going to be whatever song ends up winning, if it is one that uses auto-tune, particularly in the way that you're describing. Mm -hmm. Unless there's a change in the rules, which I'm not sure can happen at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're going to have to make some adjustments. So, yeah, it's a weird stance to take. Yeah, it feels sometime. a really weird time to be like, great news, everybody, we're letting it auto-tune. And it's like, okay, but is the EBU okay with that? My guess is it has to do with one or two specific entries. And they're just like, oh, we don't want to give up this song just because it has this vocal effect on it. My suspect on this is Yoast. Yoast is back this weekend in the first Dolphin final. Yes. He incorporated some vocal effects in his 2017 entry, which caused some kerfuffles, I think <laughs> would be yeah, the right yeah. way to describe it. But I think that was a contributing factor to allowing recorded backing vocals, which oh, happened just a few years later. Yoast is not the only returning participant coming back to Melody Grand Prix, specifically this Saturday, because we also have Kate Gulbranson, who represented Norway in 1987, and Ulrika is back. Yay! <laughs> and I noticed that her song is co-written by one of the people who is supposedly a subwoofer. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, Ben Adams, who is one of the members of A1. My favorite favorite Norwegian slash British boy band that has a Jakarta Mall incident section on their Wikipedia page. Oh, yes. I remember that discussion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it lives in my brain like the FedEx arrow right next to Subwoofer's Jakarta Mall incident. Orika was supposed to be their 2020 entry, and I thought attention was very strong. She's been listed as the troll in Maskorama, which, which I can only assume is the Norwegian version of the mass Singer. Yes. Although I like the idea that there would be something else that they, they would make her a troll in. This is a completely unrelated project. <laughs> this is just so another show that she <laughs> but she's also recently been playing the lead role of Sophie in the musical Mamma Mia. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and then looking at other Eurovision connections in this first semifinal coming up, Keiko Bronson's entry is written by Ketel Morland, who represented them a couple years ago, too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I guess Norway also has a, a very dedicated collective to the Eurovision yes. scene. Yes, they do. So, yep. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that there are so many alumni that are packed into this one semifinal. Looking at the rest of of the field, I don't think there was... Yeah, I, at least nobody was jumping out as having previous Eurovision connections. So, yeah. Oh, I guess Stieg van Eyck was their representative in 1999, and he's going to be in the 
third semifinal. But yeah, everybody else, it's kind of front-loaded. Yeah, yeah, it feels very front-loaded. Like if they were doing the auto-qualifiers thing again, I feel they would have spread those out one each week. That could either make this a really great first show and not so great second and third show, or maybe the field is particularly strong this year. I'm hoping for the latter. Yes, yes, but that kicks off on Saturday. A few other administrative things that are happening this week. As this goes out, we should know what Serbia's acts are going to be competing in their national final. Finland has been dropping hints of what acts will be competing at UMK this year. We're going to get the actual list of that on Wednesday. And they're going to do their standard one song per day drop of each entry starting on Thursday. Also happening on Thursday, Croatia will be dropping all of their songs for this year's Dora. So a lot of songs getting added to our playlist of selection season songs. And we're already at 100. It is the end of the first week of January. Taking bets now on how many songs will be in the final list. I think last year we did go over 500. Not sure that's going to happen this time because there are fewer countries competing. But yeah, at this rate, we should be at 400 probably by February 11th. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like that's going to happen. Oh, so. yeah. That, that is going to skyrocket exponentially real soon. You can find our our playlist on Spotify if you look up our Spotify account. That's also on our Eurowhat.com slash 2023 page. In terms of other headlines, the Czech Republic is excited that they are to announce that they are returning to a live national final with ESCZ 2023. I am really excited to see what comes out of that process. Same. I am so excited. They have been wanting to do that for a couple years now and the pandemic derailed that, but they've been doing such a good job with their selection. I'm so excited they get to do a live national final again. They had done it before. I think this was when they were 2008 or 2009 was the last time. But that was before I was even following Eurovision. So yeah, well well before my times. And they've been doing such a great job with their online selection process. It's only going to be three entries this time around instead of the five or six that usually comes out of the online process. They seem to have a plan and I like how they're executing on it. Yes. Yeah. I guess we're at the time of year where Israel's participation in Eurovision is rumored to be, I don't know, will Israel be at Eurovision? Every year, like clockwork, Israel will generally be in the process of choosing their person, and then there will be another news story. Will they be there? This time, it's coming from the Times of Israel. Israel recently had general elections, and a new right-wing government is now in place. Shlomo Kari, who has since become the communications minister, made a comment about about calling for an end to public broadcasting in Israel. One of the rules of being a member of the EBU is that it is a public broadcaster that offers news and other types of programming. After these comments were made, the EBU ended up sending a letter to the Netanyahu administration being like, hey, so we saw these comments and we're kind of concerned. No real action has taken place yet. But yeah, there have been talks about possibly dismantling Khan, which is Israel's public broadcaster. You may recall back in 2017, Israel's former broadcaster, I believe it was IPBC or something like yeah. that. There was another broadcaster set to take its place. And then Israel won in 2018. So it's just like, well, I guess we can't really get rid of our public broadcaster now. <laughs> yep. So it's been still kind of kicking around. And there's been moves in a few countries to raise the question on whether or not public broadcasting should be should be. There are eyes on this right now. I 
can't imagine things moving so quickly that it would affect this Eurovision, but 2024, I'll, I'll be curious to see what's going on. Watch that space. Yeah, yeah. They've already made so much forward movement at this point. They've already announced Noah Carell. They've selected an artist and they're tossing around, hey, we have songs and we love the songs. The songs are great. This feels very par for the course with Israel because, again, every year they select an entry and then they're also like, but we might not be there. Last year it was the security concerns and then also there were reports that Michael Ben David did not want to go after all and so much of it is rumor <laughs> speculation and stuff so but this one seems pretty legit because there's an actual letter that was sent from the ebu another exciting rise of oh no a right-wing government Yay. doing stuff like this yeah cool so. <sighs> In terms of the actual contest, Yellow Studio, who is based out of New York, is going to be overseeing the set design for this year's contest. Of note, they have done production design and set design for things like the 2022 Grammy Awards stage. Another thing that jumped out to me was they also did a bunch of the design for the recent special on ABC celebrating the 30th anniversary of Beauty and the Beast. Did you see that special, Mike? I haven't watched it yet. It's in my queue, but I haven't gotten around to it. Did you watch it? Yeah, yeah. So last month I was sick with COVID and amongst the many things I watched while isolating, that was one of the things that jumped out to me as being great about that special was the design of the stage because they did it essentially as a live concert with occasional clips from the movie. Okay. This is what Disney should be doing with all of their animated classics instead of making them into a weird live action movie that looks weird because you're going from animation to that. There was like an overall sense of taking the bigger musical numbers and reframing them or otherwise restaging them in a way that feels much more dynamic. And the way that they do the intro to the, the French Village and Belle was, I thought, really, really well done of, of sort of transitioning from animation to the real world. Okay. They had her and Josh Groban doing Belle and the Beast. So it was a real good lineup of, of singers as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Who was playing Six Eggs Lady? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Was it Patty Lapone? <laughs> really well thought out, and the main stage was really well designed, so I'm interested to see what they do with Eurovision. It feels like they're not going to have the, the problem we had last year of demanding that there be both the water feature and the kinetic sun. Yeah, I have a feeling everybody's kind of learned their lesson from that one. You could have one big thing. One. <laughs> you can have one feature where if it breaks, we have to figure it out. We cannot yeah. have multiple things that break. Throughout the production, BBC Studios is working with their counterparts at UAP. BBC on the elements of the show. So I'm super excited to see how we get this wonderful confluence of all these things coming together. I'm thinking back to the 2017 production and how much animation really took advantage of the video screens, particularly in the interval performances. There was one performance that Jamala did that I still think about it because it really reminded me of Peter Gabriel videos. And mm -hmm. if they are maybe considering doing something similar to what you were describing, where there's animated stuff happening on the screen and then it transitions into something live action that could be a lot of fun yeah it feels like a good partnership i'm excited to see what comes out of it we have three shows on saturday and yeah a couple of other things sprinkled through the week and then foot on the gas at this point yeah anybody who has not scheduled your national final yet i beg of you not on the 11th which latvia why why you chose you chose you this. did this so <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> you saw like, the calendar was just like me too. So ugh. <laughs> even a couple weeks later, there's so much real estate available. Lithuania, they were smart. They were just like, oh, 18th wide open. Why don't we do that? Yes, thank you, Lithuania. Thank you, Lithuania. <laughs> yeah. And there are other days of the week. Malta got that memo. I, we're, yeah, it's we're like a Friday, <laughs> a, a Sunday. We will be here. We are ready. We are girding our loins. That's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Ben Smith. That's me. And Mike McComb. That's me. You can find show notes, our socials, and all the info you need about selection season for Eurovision 2023 on our website at eurowhat.com. If you would like to help support the show and access a ton of bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash eurowhat. Next time on the Euro What, Brian Brazel will stop by to chat about Belgium's selection and what's in store for next week's selection season shows. 